0: So you've been having any adventures lately?
1: Adventure time. I was, I was in the Mexican mountains. Yeah. Just a couple hours ago. <laughs> <All> <laughs> it right. feels like. Uh, it, was, it was cool, like, you know, countryside. I remember we stopped at this, this town. I keep saying, I'm thinking we because I felt like I was with, with mates. Mm. But there was no one else there, it was only me. Right. But I was always talking to people. Okay. I, I was like, hey, check this out. What do you feel like ordering? Or, um, you know, where are we going to go today? <laughs> that, that, that kind of feel, but, um, but then I can't remember actually who was there. Um, but there was uh, pretty, the highlight of the, had the There was a camera crew
0: with you. There was a
1: camera crew. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was a film crew there with me. And I, we stopped at a restaurant. It was like an outside restaurant, um, street. It was, a, it was all green, countryside. Mm-hmm. Uh, like wooden chairs and tables and everything it was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, so I stopped, we asked like, what was the daily special? What's, what's good.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, I ended up, I, I can't remember what I ordered exactly, but I ended up trying, I, I said, you know, I'll take, I'll take that. It was, it sounded really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the chick was there. She's very helpful, but she, when she came out to give me the food, it was like she brought the food and then, then she went and then she brought another plate of food Okay. Which which I thought was like maybe it was a side to what I ordered, yeah. but then there was like another guy and the chef, and then everyone just kept bringing food out. Like I'm looking at maybe six big plates of food right in front of me. Okay, <laughs> so it was, it was it was plenty of food, and I thought this can't this can't be right. And um, and then, you know, before I could even enjoy any of it, I, I said, you know, what, what, what have I ordered here? Like, you know, how much do I owe you? Like, and it seems like like someone like there was a miscommunication
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> here, and. Uh, the, the bill was insane. And I said, well, you know, I didn't order all this food. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to pay for this, so I didn't order it. And uh, in that process, when I was arguing with a guy that owned the shop, which ended up being like this, this rock star guy. <laughs> like he was just a normal dude, but he had like you know, black lipstick on, eyeshadow, right. spiky hair and, and leathers.
0: Yeah. That... So I'm, pi- I'm picturing a member of Kiss... He was the chef yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: and, and the business owner, and he wanted me to pay the bill. I told him, I can't pay the bill. I just don't have the cash for it. Right. And then I, I looked down at my feet, and there's a, this stack of like gold coins, which...
0: Literally gold, gold No, I think gold gold are, the, right?
1: they're like 10 peso coins okay. from... Um, but I mean, you, they, you look down, it's like this stack of gold coins. Mm-hmm. And then when I picked them up, it was like well, it's, it's nearly exactly how much I need to pay for, uh, for my meal here, so uh, here you go. That was convenient, but I did it in a real sneaky way because, like you know, you know, when you, you see money at your feet, you don't want people to like see you pick it up. <laughs> but it was pretty obvious—a <laughs> stack of coins at my feet. <laughs> Unless, I don't have any money. Oh, actually, maybe I do. <laughs> Ching! Here you go. And then I noticed there was more money. It was mm-hmm. just like there was a few notes floating around. Mm-hmm. And before I could wonder where was where's this money coming from. I noticed there was, was a random guy behind me trying to place two 200 peso notes right behind my back foot. Like as if, you know, this is it. he'll find it here. And he won't even notice that I put it there. And not long after that, I realized it was a big joke on me. And, and everyone's putting money on the floor for me to find. Like it's not like I was on my hands and knees crawling looking for money, but it just seemed like there's money everywhere. And uh, in that transition... Of the the incident with the chef and me finding some cash, I realize i 'm in like a rock and roll bar like i 'm not even in Mexico anymore right. I could have been in london like i, I don 't know it was like underground dingy rock and roll bar okay yeah and everyone's just everyone had like there was I'm hanging out with, like the band members, and everyone seems to know who I am <laughs> and
0: this- okay, so suddenly you're the manager of Kiss. and
1: I, I may have been <laughs> I may have been okay. But it was, there was something that, that happened after that. I was really mm. weird.
2: Mm.
1: They there's this guy that was sitting by himself, mm. and it, it almost looked like he was packing up his gear, like as if he'd just done a show. Mm. But he he had this this glass box with like this. It was like a female's head in it, like a as if it was like a. Like imagine you go to the shop and you buy like a, a Barbie, and it's in its like plastic box. Mm. It was like that, but it was only it was only like a, a blonde haired girl, like a head just in this box. And he's like, have a look, have a closer look. So I'm looking at it going like, okay, it's just like a, it's like a a doll's head put into this this plastic glass, could be like a Perspex box. Mm. And at that point I'm with Benny. Mm. So my brother Benny's hanging out with me and he's he's looking at me like, come on man, you know, I want to drink or I want to sit down. Like what are you doing playing? What are you doing talking to this guy? Why are you looking at his plastic box? And, and I, I'm looking at it. And I said to Benny, you look at it. What do you see? Because I could see the face of the doll's head like morphing. It turned into a pig. Then it turned into a horse. But as I turned the box, it, it, like, it was like those hologram cards. Uh-huh, okay. It was like, man, I, it looks like a, a pig's head. Wow. And then I'm looking at it. It's like, and I, okay, you blink and I look at it and it's not. It's just like it's a doll's head again. Then it's kind of like a horse from this angle. Then I change it back and it's like, it's not. So I'm like, Benny, have a look at this. What is it? What's that all about?
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. And- <laughs> that, I don't know. I mean, I remember I told you that story, that creepy dream I had about uh, looking at a picture and, and uh, it's almost like, um, oh, this is. Uh, look at this um, cute picture of you. And it was actually this doll being treated as a member of a family, and its face started to morph and di- di- distort. Uh, that's what it makes so me think of. Okay. But it okay. also it, and it also makes me think of that movie. Uh, this this uh, I I can't even remember what country it's from. It's a Russian movie or something. It's called Della Morte, Della Morte, and this guy works as an undertaker, but the um, the his uh, the the corpses end up animating the corpses are coming to life and there's one uh, one girl who's being decapitated and the the undertaker's assistant or the grave digger's assistant keeps the this girl's head and tries to marry it because it comes back to life it's like hell, house <laughs> you know <laughs> we're having some weird um, adventures lately <laughs> Yeah.
1: so, so that was, you, but, you told but, me you're going to give me like it's yeah well, <laughs> you're you going to give me one of your of, of shamanistic interpretation <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> well it's it's pretty basic but uh, i mean the the thing i was thinking of, um these people are bringing all over all these plates and and it's like you have too much on your plate uh, but then, <laughs> then suddenly you realize you, um, there's money all over the place and, mm. and you actually, m- money isn't an issue. Uh, so my interpretation is that, is that um, like maybe you're having some concerns about money, but in the end it turns out they're unfounded. And there's actually, mon- money is so easy to attain that you didn't realize it.
1: Yeah, I need yeah. to meditate more. <laughs> uh, so that's what I realize. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm in a, I'm in this beautiful world of abundance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unlimited food,
0: unlimited cash. Everything is good. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you're a rock star. Um, cool. Let's run the intro. Intro. to talk about um, I, I thought we
1: needed a break from actual like heavy topic thinking <laughs> I mean and, and I think we're going to get on the same path anyway <laughs> but uh, I said you know well, I feel like talking about
0: the moon yeah I you were saying uh, when you asked a few people of their uh, their opinions about the moon um, you you got some like weird responses or, well, or perhaps a little too normal responses
1: well that, they seemed weird and I think what I think it tells more about us, or myself, than than actually the public, because people don't really think about stuff like they don't think like uh, abstract about things like uh, like the moon, for example. Mm. But I, I asked a series of friends and, and family members and colleagues of, of friends, you know, what do you what do you think about what comes to mind when you think about the moon? And I got I got normal responses, I guess, cheese, werewolves. Mm. Um, like witches and burjaria mm. witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's funny, and they 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 look at me like like as if uh, I you know don't mean to make fun, but like why did you ask me about this again? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just I wanted to know your natural response. Like, what do you think about when you think of the moon?
0: Yeah,
1: and that's yeah. that's it.
0: Yeah, and um, my my first idea with that about that when you told me was that. It kind of seems funny because, I mean, you can ask people about a, a lot of things and and they'll probably have some kind of scientific knowledge about it, but, um, like, if you ask someone about the cold, you know, they'll tell you it's a virus or bacteria. I forget which is which, but um, but they, they'll they have some, some idea about it. Um, but in this case, um, you know, they just bring, bring up these superstitions or, you know, these these stories from... Uh, a long time ago, um, and I, I wonder if if that's an indication about how little we know about the moon, or it's just you know people people don't really think about it that much. Um, like obviously the t- the tides is something uh, it, um, kind of scientific that that you can think about when you look at the moon. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, the the other thing is like um, before. Before people went to the moon, um, the, the impression of the moon was it's a dead, lifeless rock. And after they went to the moon, well, the, the impression stayed the same. It's like we don't really know anything more about it uh, than we do 60 years ago, at least on a superficial level.
1: Um, yeah, the, the moon landing for me is, a, is always a good topic because everyone's got a different view, mm. um, I guess, depending on, depending on what they like to believe. Because there's really no evidence on uh, on the lunar landing, 100% where we can say we, we went.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, there's there's evidence like the, we can look at those photos, and then the, there are things like uh, we can we can look at, at the data, like independently verified data from different telescopes and observatories around the world, which indicate that the you know the Apollo missions actually. Went up, you know, in, out of the atmosphere, mm. and and approached the moon, and that's. But, some, yeah. But
1: we all know. I mean, the the ship took off. Mm. It he it, it went for a ride. you said mm. it's been it's been verified. Yeah, independent.
0: Yeah.
1: Independent space stations, and what well, you said, the Chinese. Not, uh, the,
0: not the space station, because back then, oh. Let's see. Well, it depends which mission you're talking about, but but like in the with the Apollo 11 mission, um,
1: yeah,
0: there, I don't believe there were any space stations up there back then. So, so yeah, we're talking about observatories, things that, ah, okay, yeah, things yeah. that are on Earth uh, looking up, and they confirmed that it, it actually happened. Um,
1: okay, so so let, let's start running through why we why you could believe that they didn't. Go up, or well, they didn't land. Reasons that reasons that could lead you to believe that it didn't happen. Yeah, or yeah. why why that why that fits. Sure. I mean, I've, I've got a few that I I resonate with mm. that for me is like that's that's proof that, that it's not real. But of mm. course, that's only one segment.
0: Mm. Um, mm. I don't. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few reasons. Uh, the, the first thing what you'd look at, and I say this is a bit fishy, but it's it's very circumstantial. Uh, when you look at the main NASA site these days and you look at the pictures of, of the moon that they have on there, you, like you can go through the photos of the Apollo missions, the the photos that they have are very boring. They're like photos of a, of a foot, uh, photos of a rock, uh, and photos of the ground. And you're like, well, this is like, this is, you know, mind-bogglingly boring, so boring it, it makes your your. It makes you wonder. <laughs> you mean <laughs> like they should why? have taken more photos? <laughs> well, why why aren't the photos that are most interesting more prominently displayed? Because those are the ones that are most interesting, right? Like, like they the
1: stimulate questions, yeah, they stimulate yeah, thought. That yeah. like,
0: that's the ones that are going to get people engaged in science, and, and I thought that's the kind of the purpose of having a website for NASA, right? Of course, the uh, the question is. Did they take them down um, or make them, that is, make them harder to find? Um, like you can still find them on the website, but they're not linked from the, sorry, you can still find them, yes, you can still find them on the website, but they're not linked um, like hyperlinked in, in the HTML that's on the website. Mm. You, you, you can go onto other websites or the secondary NASA site and, or the, the image search Um, sometimes you can find some things in there and and eventually get to them in a roundabout way Um, well
1: the photo that I like is the is the Earthrise picture Mm -hmm. and that that to me is a good photo because that that links to to other thoughts that I have because uh, I mean just regarding the sun and other stars the most people that see that picture go well that picture is obviously fake because I mean Mm -hmm. a lot lot of photos uh, are deemed fake or you know that can't be real but I mean no one's no one that I know mm-hmm. has been up there to say, "Well, that's a real picture or not." I took it myself. Yeah. So the Moonrise picture, a lot of people say is fake because there's no there's no stars in the in the black background to the Earth. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, when you look at the inf- any information on the the black sun mm-hmm. and and the actual qualities of the sun and how how that works in regard to like the the light that it emits and the black
0: sun. The black sun. What's the black?
1: Well, the black sun is was a term given to the, the idea that the sun is invisible. Mm.
0: The sun the sun, the, as in the sun doesn't produce any visible light. It, it
1: produces other,
0: yes. other, other forms of radiation on the electromagnetic spectrum.
1: Yeah, the, the electromagnetic energy that's emitted from the sun is in a spectrum that we can't see mm. uh, unless, yeah, unless it, it's reacting with our atmosphere, right. which is why Earth lights up like a light bulb. Because of the gases in our atmosphere, and Earth just glows, we're like this glowing ball of of life in
0: space. But then the moon, the moon does the same thing, or or is it because let's see, when we look at the moon, are we seeing the moon get lit up with visible light, or are we seeing the reflection of the microwaves beam onto the moon and then back at the Earth, and then they get they they those microwaves affect the gases in our atmosphere so we can see the moon.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like a, <laughs> it's a satellite, I guess a mirror, a ball that's going to, and that's why we get the lunar cycle. Hmm. So I think that picture could be the only picture that is real. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking because every other picture that they're saying is fake, including this, the, the Earthrise picture, which oh. a lot of people say is fake, I think is real because they're just not aware of the actual qualities of stars
0: yeah well even if um even if we don't talk about the the qualities of stars i mean that would be very easy to explain because they're just saying oh, well the the photo it's like if you have someone standing in the foreground and there's a bright light source behind them, then uh you can't see them they'll be silhouetted um because the uh, the the camera or you're adjusting the camera or the camera is automatically adjusting to the to the Brightest source in the picture, yeah. and so it could be the same thing. The moon is is so prominent that it, it blocks out the light.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the that, that, that could happen with the light on the planet in the in the foreground, and you have to turn the contrast like way up to see if there's anything else behind it. Mm-hmm. But um, but you mentioned an interesting thing about contrast in some of these pictures as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the NASA the the photos that aren't on the, or easily accessible on the NASA site, um, there's a lot of things that are interesting about them. Uh, I, Remember looking at one photo um, or a, a few photos where there's a, 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 an astronaut kind of manipulating something, he's is, is playing with a piece of the moon, uh, the lunar lander and um, so, uh, somebody said that uh, when you look at this picture you adjust the contrast, turn the contrast and the brightness right up um, so you can see um, the, th- the things that aren't immediately obvious in the picture. And uh, then you can see that this guy actually has a shadow behind him. And it's not like a shadow on the ground. It's a shadow on a wall. So it looks like he's standing about 50 centimeters in front of a backdrop. And it looks like he's in a studio. And so I I found the the picture on the NASA website and I confirmed it for myself. And yeah, I I adjusted the contrast and, and there it was. So that would be... I have no idea how you would explain that, except by saying that it was taken in front of a wall um, or a force field. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but there's other pictures too where they say there's there's multiple light sources where there's in the in the foreground there's the astronaut with a shadow going that way, and then mm. there's a there's some there's a, some machine or a ship or something else in the back or rocks even that yeah. have have shadows going the other way. Mm. There's quite a few photos that have. Contradicting shadows.
0: Yeah, I've, I've looked at those, but I don't find that so convincing because it can, depending on the angle of the camera, it can seem like there's 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 shadows going in different directions, but they're they're really not. It depends on the lay of the land, things like that. Um, but one thing I, f- I, I found a bit more intriguing was uh, the the apparent technique of front projection. So front projection is a t- technique in cinema. Um, and it was first made popular or first really exploited by Stanley Kubrick in two thousand and one space odyssey so um, the, there 's those very iconic scenes at the beginning of the movie where the the apes are in the foreground and they 're banging on tools or beating drums or something like that. But in the background, like far in the background, you can see like an African savanna mountains and stuff like that, and it gives the it, it gives uh, a very strong impression that they're actually outside in this, you know, in in these vast canyons in this these rocklands, um, but these are all actually shot in a studio, and the, the the mountains and the savanna in the background are actually projections. So they have this huge backdrop in the in the background, and they pro- they project a, a, a picture of the savannah, and. Yeah, so it gives it gives you this impression that in the, in the foreground there's some um, you know there's something happening, and then the the, the background you have uh, the background. It's um, interesting
1: that most photos have that exact quality where there are mm-hmm. two two completely distinct background foreground mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's very common in nearly all the photos, a, as in all of,
0: the fo- all the photos from the moon.
1: Well, uh, well, there's really not that many that, that are, are out there that... I mean, you Google, <laughs> you Google moon photos, and a lot of them are like recent post-developed photos that are obviously uh, computer-generated. Yeah. From, from the originals that are floating around, yeah, a lot of them
0: have like a foreground and a background. Yes, yes. And the thing about it is a lot of these moon photos, you can actually see there's a distinct difference. There's like a line where you can pick where the, the background is and the foreground begins. So it looks like these, these photos were shot in a studio and uh, they have a bunch of rocks and sand in the foreground uh, and, and then they have a, a backdrop with, uh, with some mountains on it, mm. in, in a lot of them, in the ones that have mountains in the background. Well, there's other things
1: um, too, the, the yeah. photos show that, that lead you to believe that they could have been produced. Like yeah the, well,
0: and another thing is the the focus of the photos, so in a lot of them you can see the the focus uh, it 's not like it's it 's focused on the foreground or the background. The entire photo seems to be in focus, which is uh, well it 's more or less in, impossible um, that is weird yeah
1: to have a for a front and back like a, a complete focus yeah everything 's crispy as if yeah. it 's all.
0: Very, very close, close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, I said it 's impossible it's not completely impossible, but the, there's a, f- a few technical things about the camera which make it very difficult, especially when this guy is focusing um, with the camera outside of his suit and he can 't even look at a viewfinder, which is apparently how they took
1: it oh well that's just that can't be right hmm. well, yeah, there, there's other there's other things like the like the, they they mentioned the flag was waving, but i mean. Mm. there's less there's less gravity mm. obviously I think looking at the the gravity of I think the footage of like the video of when he's like jumping across as he running mm. running across the moon uh, I, I wasn't aware of like uh, of the difference exactly of gravity but I think it's like 1.6 on um, oh, meters meters per second cubed mm. I don't know meters per second squared mm. uh, um, compared to 9 point something here on Earth mm. so um, I, the reason why I looked that up briefly was because I, I was interested in in the conspiracy that the the film was actually recorded and then um, slowed like slowed down hmm. by by two point five exactly they say right. that if you speed it up two point five you can see someone just you know it's like it seems like a normal everyday movement okay. but i i don 't know I, I couldn't really i couldn 't really find much information about people that analyzed you know different different gravities and where that two point five Variation was actually something that you could, you could map. Like it, mm. it wasn't exactly like, oh, gravity seems to be exactly uh, a measurable 2.5 difference. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like 1 to 9 or something. Yeah. So that, that for me was my, my homework and it didn't check out. But either way, that, that's what a lot of people say about the, the film.
0: Hmm. Well, another thing, I'm, I remember when I saw Joe Rogan, I was interviewing Neil DeGrasse Tyson, and Joe Rogan is like, well, let me show you something that, that looks really fishy. And he shows them th- this piece of footage from the moon landing where one of the astronauts is like on his back. And he just gets up um, as if he's on wires. And uh, Joe Rogan says, you got to admit that th- that looks pretty fishy. And uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's response is that oh, it would look fishy, except that I know that all these other things happen. And he mentions him a bunch of circumstantial evidence. Yeah, the the independently verified uh, launch of the of the Apollo missions, uh, all that data from observatories. But that doesn't what what he's uh, he's making this leap that ah uh, just because they've they've verified that the spacecraft took off, that means that people actually landed on the moon. And though that does not follow up. That's yeah, a non secondary that's,
1: like, that's like the bus left for school but the kids never went to class.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Brilliant. Yeah.
1: Ah, so okay. The moon landing, I, I don't believe they went. Mm. I, don't, I don't believe it happened. Mm. Not, not now. I mean, they messed up. Mm. There's, there's too many mistakes in in the way they the way they're advertising it.
0: Yeah, well, it seemed pretty convincing at the time. I remember I asked my dad about this, and he was like, oh, "I don't know. I mean, I've watched it on the TV and." We just, just all assumed it happened.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I think, uh, I think that there are a group of people that, that seem to associate some kind of human, uh, human championship yeah. or a win. Or they they, they yeah. feel like, like if I'm human, a human being went, and when you say we didn't go, they feel like you're taking away their trophy. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, how I get, can
0: you diminish the greatest achievement of mankind? Uh, um, it, didn't, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what greatest achievement, right? Would you say you you were so you was you were such a great tennis player if you didn't exist?
1: <laughs> the greatest achievement of of human beings, uh, I mean, the moon is up there as like your number one podium. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm now wondering, you know, what could what could we say would be the number one achievement?
0: Wow, okay, that's an interesting question.
1: Uh, we, we should I... come back to that. I don't know. We'll finish up with with those with a thought. Okay. Okay. So I'm thinking, like, you know, what else are we talking about? Like uh, cheese, werewolves, and, and witchcraft. Like the, the, loo- like the cycle, the, the lunar cycles are, are interesting. Mm. I, I like researching the work, or following the work of uh, Maurice Cotterell. He, uh, he studies a lot, uh, a lot to do with like, the, the sun energy, coronal, uh, coronal fields. Uh, he, he likes to study the energy, which I mentioned to you earlier. The sun energy doesn't, there's, there's no time delay between the sun and the, the earth. Which I think we should save for a sun episode because I wouldn't mind checking out more of that, more of that stuff. But just yeah, the way, yeah, i gonna
0: read some more about that.
1: Just the way uh, a lot of the old uh, religions mm. are, are very sun orientated, and mm. obviously the moon's got a big role to play in that.
0: Like pe- pagan religions, where it's like this: the, this, the sun god and the moon goddess, that type of thing. Yeah,
1: the fact that they always go together, and it's like mm. the, the moon is. Well, if we look at it like this, it's a satellite. Mm. reflecting the sun, the sun's energy. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you know you begin to wonder, you know, what what uh, what frequency is changing, and what what material of the moon could be changing the you know the direct energy of the sun, and what effect it has. Werewolf. Hombre, <laughs> hombre lobo. <laughs> uh,
2: let's
0: take a break. Let's take a break.
1: cycle mm-hmm. like it's a 28 day cycle mm. where the where the, the, the moon goes from no moon to full moon back to, to no moon mm. i'm sure there's names <laughs> for it but uh no, what, what i like the what's interesting about it is uh marise mentions that it's like it's like a carousel mm. this cycle and it, it affects all women with their cycle as well right and even though uh you know, not all women are exactly, uh, exactly the,
0: perfectly. Yeah, yeah,
1: regular, perfect twenty-eight day cycle. Right. The uh, the menstrual cycle is exactly relative to all women together.
0: What? What, what do you mean? <laughs> you what, mean like if you take the average of women of women cycles, it lines up. Well, <laughs> well, no, no. Well, okay. Mean, well,
1: what what he explains is that the the moon does its cycle,
2: mm.
1: and the variances in the moon cycle affects women directly. And he came up with a mathematical formula of um, of how it's not really the moon that's controlling the cycle or keeping keeping You're everything saying regular. Period. Juice is actually driving the moon. That's an interesting <laughs> one. No, 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 no. What he what he says I mean, is yeah, yeah. is that it's actually the sun. The sun controls all human beings down to a T and he's, he's written many books about it. Okay. okay. And, and, and the, the, the only way I can link it back to um, back to like real life mm. was, I mean, you can't say, you know, no one's got, no one's got free will. The mm. sun controls everybody and it's, you know, the almighty energy source that controls everything. Mm. It's uh, I like to look at it from like, well, if the sun is feeding energy to the, the moon, and the lunar cycles are directly affecting women. Then, um, what's a man like? What chances does he have of having any free will when there's some kind of being controlling all women
0: at once? Mm. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> well, I know, I know. Women, women uh, are a lot easier to pick up when they're on estrus That's. <laughs> It's, yeah,
1: it's, it's, a, I wish I had this knowledge maybe 15 years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could go around the club and like give them a sniff and see if their pheromones are pumping and then you're like, yeah, like, <laughs> uh, like a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I always, a- I always feel more awake on a full moon. <laughs> it's more alive. So do you think, you think that the lunar cycles have an effect on men as well?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah, okay, my family joke and laugh about the fact that I follow the lunar cycle so well. Mm. Like every day I'm conscious of where of what type of what moon I'm going to have. It's it's something that uh, originally was kind of just like a like a, an interest or a, a hobby. Yeah. Um, more based on you know what what Maurice was saying, mm. but uh, but lately it's like it's become almost like a necessity. <laughs> like you know, I know that in a couple of days we're gonna have a full moon, okay. and and I, I can feel. I'm trying to work out. I mean, personally, I like to think you know what sort of Aaron am I driving towards a full moon compared to what sort of Aaron am I driving with no moon? Mm. And it, it's I can tell the difference. I should I should document further, but I can tell the difference for sure. Right? Yeah. It's it's quite. Uh, well, I notice it because I'm, I'm conscious of it, but am I creating that myself? I, that's what I'm not sure
0: of. And so does it affect you during the day as well as during the night?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's not so much it's nighttime now, I feel more awake, or it's daytime. The way, the way it is, is that um, during the day, it's like a neutral zone because we're all getting fed energy from the sun. Yeah. So if, if we're like the, the vibrating porridge that's in the microwave, we're all even. Okay, yeah. But then soon as soon as the sun goes down and all of a sudden we're, we're still vibrating but less because the energy's being reflected from the moon and we're getting hit with that, with that mm-hmm. frequency. Depending on, on how, um, how much energy we're carrying at that time, we can be affected differently. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel.
0: Okay. I don't know. I'm never paying attention to
1: it. So, actually, uh, for, for example, how, how, the moon, how the moon affects me I feel like with a full moon, I've got more control. Hmm. It's almost like when you, when you go to a club and you, and you throw down a few vodka oranges <laughs> and, and you feel that, that little buzz coming in and all of a sudden it's like, I'm gonna have, it's early, it's like 10 o'clock. So you've had a few drinks and you're feeling the buzz coming in and I'm gonna have such a good night. Like, you know, I'm <laughs> talking my game, I'm wearing my favorite shirt, it's gonna be a good night. That's, what, that's how I feel like with a full moon. So I'm coming into that now. Where yeah. I'm just feeling like I'm on top of my game, where maybe uh, a week ago, I was going through this phase of, um, you know, a- am, I, am I solid with what I'm doing? Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a, am I, I noticed that I was slipping up on a, on a day-to-day schedule basis. I wasn't completing everything I wanted to do, and I was getting distracted easier. Mm. I just wasn't, I wasn't focused. Mm. So that, that's kind of the difference between a, a, a no moon and a full moon to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you raised the question, uh, like what about conception and a, in a full moon? Like, is it going to affect the, uh, the kind of child that you have? Uh, Have you done any more thought or research about that?
1: I can't find anything about that. Hmm. Nothing that I can base my decision on having a child on. Like nothing I can commit it to. Uh, you, you've sent me the, you sent me links to a, to a book the uh the multiple or the, the multi yeah, orgasm- orgasmic man. Yeah. Yes, um, I still haven't read it, but I hope that that can lead me down the path to, to look into something else hmm. about uh, about you know what type of moon I need to have to have a, a superhero baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: because oh, you, call,
0: you call it like I've heard you mention the term Christ consciousness a few times.
1: Yeah, it'd be cool to have a child that's completely aware of itself uh-huh. from the get-go. Right. Like, there, there's a song um, by, by Wiz Khalifa. I'm not, I'm not sure which CD. Okay. But he talks about um, being... Oh, man, I wish I knew the song. He talks about uh, being born hmm. and looking at the doctor in the eyes right. and and scaring the shit out of him. because the doctor looks at his baby that's full conscious that's i'm not a baby that's just born and i'm crying and whinging about you know my changing environment it's like bam here i am and i'm alive and i'm ready to take on this world like i reincarnated on purpose and i've got a job to do i'm being alive for 30 seconds (laughs) you're the first person i know and you know that i know that (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the that's the interpretation I got from his song. <laughs> it was about um, being born fully aware and conscious. Mm. So I would like to have children like that <laughs> because it took yep. it took me the best part of twenty nine years to wake up.
0: Mm. Well, people talk these days about indigo children or star children, uh, like these these children which have been born with incredible abilities or they're just like uh, child prodigies. Uh, yeah. That, um, and, I don't know, people say it's happening more and more, but I, I have to wonder, maybe it's just because it's being noticed more and more, or maybe it's because uh, people have more access to information now, so if, if a child want, is, has a passion about something, uh, then there are less barriers uh, to stop them from um, putting their consciousness into hyperdrive.
1: Yes, I've heard of these categories. Uh, what What I believe is that everyone is the same, like everyone 's got just a different superpower mm. as in a different interest and if they don't if they don 't uh, exert energy towards their their highest level of excitement then they 're never going to activate whatever whatever skill or power they have and and that that might be simple like that that might be something like you know having a really fine tuned ear mm. to music, mm. and then obviously we 're all creative if we keep you know st- practicing our creative ability, then, you know, we could become a, an amazing composer. Mm. Um, it's just a matter of channeling that that ability by by doing it. Mm. Mm. Like, you hear out, practice makes perfect, but it's like you've got to do something you like. <laughs> Otherwise, you're never going to be any good at it. Or you're never going to want to do it with passion. Yeah, And maybe it's that. But uh, Christ consciousness, just it, it just seems like... Uh, Something we're all trying to get to. Hmm. Maybe just we're not, we're not aware of it.
0: And where, where did you pick up that phrase? Was that something you learned here in, the, in one of the churches? Or...
1: No, actually, you know what? It, it, I'm not sure where exactly it came from originally. Okay. But the reason why I've been talking about it was because just in a few, in a few books, in particular, the, the Humble Message of One, hmm. that um, the being Ra hmm. explains what it is. Ah. It, and it's about being completely conscious and aware of Yourself and being able to manipulate your your environment. So it's a bit like um, us turning on more of our brain. And if I use the the analogy from the movie Lucy, where you can use more brain power, then all of a sudden you can start recreating your your residual image mm-hmm. and exert that creation upon your surrounding environment. <laughs> so that seems like a pretty cool skill to have. I just call it I've just been calling it Christ consciousness because I realise. By by studying um, like uh, between like the energies from the sun, the moon, uh, understanding the basis of many religions, mm. and and practicing uh, I guess mindfulness and aware um, practices like meditations and yoga and uh, understanding Kundalini, mm. all this which seem like individual topics, I think are all different pathways to get to some level of higher awareness which Christ consciousness is like the end goal.
2: Hmm.
1: That, that's what I'm starting to think, but I mean, I, I've been looking at this stuff for a little while. <laughs> that's, and, and the moon stuff's really cool. So being able to have a kid that has all that, um, maybe they can teach me something. So I'm looking forward to having kids so they can teach me how to do that.
0: Uh, I was telling you the other day about unschooling, and I think that's an important thing, like where um, where... Children aren't forced to go to school. I mean, if they want to go to school, they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but they um, like they're just let free. Like, um, like the parent asks the the child, uh, "What do you want to do? What are you interested in?" And maybe the the child just wants to sit there and, and burn out and play video games for for two weeks, and that's fine. Because um, eventually, like um, eventually, they they get tired of that and, and look onto something else, or you know, they even gain some skills. Uh, like a, a lot of the kids these days play Minecraft and they learn problem solving skills, and teamwork skills, and yeah. all, all kinds of things. It's actually it's uh, mandated in Denmark that uh, that children have Minecraft as a subject in school. Is it really that good? <laughs> Apparently, um, you, know, I'm, you know, I don't agree with the mandating, but uh, but it's it, I think it definitely shows how. Uh, how powerful that sort of thing can be. You know, a lot of kids will just choose to do that on their own, um, or they'll choose to do something, you know, they'll come up with their own passion. Uh, they'll start making businesses, trying trying to find ways to make money. And they don't need to be, well, they don't need to be forced to do this, uh, but they, they will teach themselves when it's something that they're passionate about.
1: Yeah, I th- and, you, yeah. Mentioned those, uh, you mentioned those. You mentioned an example where a child wanted to paint, but they found it more interesting to to throw the paint yeah. than to actually yeah. paint. Yeah, and I, I, would know as a you know, I, I can imagine a normal you know traditional parent would be like, "Why are you throwing the paint?" And yeah. there's, there's an just, array of reasons the, why.
0: Yeah, there'll be. The, the, like, the typical reaction would be, why are you doing that? You know, you little son of a bitch. That's, a, <laughs> that's what some, some Mexican mothers say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's so normal. <laughs> yeah. I guess they know. <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, the, um, yeah, just to, to chide them or to, to ask them why they're doing that, to send them into timeout. Uh, but this is a story that uh, Dana Martin, the un- unschooling um, kind of expert, tells. And, and she was like, oh, well, let's let's try to find a way to make this into a productive situation. And so she, she uh, told the child, well, you, you know, we can throw paint around. We just can't do it right here. So uh, she took them out on the lawn and they spread out butcher's paper. And, you know, the kids are throwing paint all over the place and, and having a great time. It's kind of a a Taoist thing because she's not, uh, or like a jujitsu type of thing because she's not going to try to take that energy and, and stop it and say, no, you know, that energy is, is not uh, right here. She's going to take the energy and direct it uh, to to something that that's beautiful. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Mm.
1: Like it to, I think not just children, but everyone should be allowed to do that. Mm. Mm. Uh, of course, there's, there's some kind of rules, but it, it'd be it'd be easier because in that, that that child might have been throwing the paint just to out of I don't know, maybe causing trying to get attention. Yeah,
0: yeah I you mean, it, a- it
1: might not have been a uh, it might not have been an actual <laughs> expression of interest <laughs> at all. It, it could have just yeah, it could have been uh, you know why why are you making me paint? And then at least at that point, yeah. you would know the kids don't want to paint. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to play these computer games and yeah. or video games or whatever. And maybe, uh, I mean, that, that's been proven. they that's want to draw proven... or,
0: they, you know, or they want to do, that, you know, they what, want to or make dresses or whatever,
1: you know. But kids know what they want to do. <laughs> the, the problem is growing up and then you forget what you're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's <laughs> like when, when you're an adult, I think so many people get to the level of adult and that maybe they're finished school or finish university and they're like huh what do i want to do and they don't know they're not in contact with uh with that part of themselves because they haven't had the practice and a lot of these kids these days they have the practice like from day one they've they've been learning to be themselves so um,
1: the practice is to return to doing what you need to do what would yeah. you feel like doing
0: yeah but- become like a child i think that's something christ said um yeah the other thing i wanted to mention a um, bet to the moon could be honest um, something with that. <laughs> that's pretty pretty good message <laughs> yeah yeah that's right moon well it's st- stood the test of time that's for sure um yeah so there's this book i read um by this fellow named ingo swan the book is called penetration and uh this this fellow ingo swan uh claims he was a professional remote viewer, a professional psychic uh, for many years, about 15 or 20 years, I believe. And uh, so remote viewing is a a purported psychic ability uh, where somebody can be given, say, a set of coordinates of longitude and latitude, and they can travel there in their mind or in their spirit and see or make out some figures that are at this location. And uh, so, so, yeah, Ingo Swan tells a story. He was uh, he applied for some ad about psychic research and thought, this might be a laugh, you know, I'll get $20. Uh, and then, as it turned out, he was really good at it. And, and over the years, he developed his ability. Um, and in the first half of the book, he tells a, a lot of uh, crazy anecdotes. He uh, He tells a story about getting contacted by... Men in Black, and him, uh, yeah, contacted by this secretive organisation. He didn't really know who it was, uh, and they they um, asked him to travel to the moon in his mind to a particular set of coordinates, and uh, he he did it. And then he said, "Oh, something's not right. I must I must not be looking at the moon because I'm actually looking at." Naked guys in a workshop. and... not Maccas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I made that up. But but what he he's, he felt like he was in another building, like he's like he was looking into a building, like into a window. He was outside on the surface of the of the surface of the, of the moon, uh, but he was confused because he he said, you know, there shouldn't be people here. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the people turned around and, and started pointing at him and, and looking at him and and saying, you know, what is that guy doing there? Um, I think they were, they were actually talking telepathically. Uh, and well,
1: is he, this skill, is it very, like, is it accurate? Uh,
0: and, and I don't know. I've tried to do it a couple of times myself, and I had, I had a few hits, but it, it wasn't anything that really convinced me.
1: Yeah, um, but from from his work, I mean, they've obviously asked him to do this for them, yeah, um, because he's good at what he does. I'm assuming.
0: Yeah. So, well, to to get some idea of the level of accuracy that he can that he purports to be able to get, yep. um, uh, is let's see. So before before there was a space mission to Mars, uh, he travelled up in his mind to to Mars, and he looked at 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 certain things like structures of ice on Mars, uh, things like that, things which nobody could have known by regular terrestrial means. Mm. And he he made a series of, of, you could call them predictions, or or just um, the visions that he had, um, about six or ten predictions about what they would find. And he claims that everyone was accurate. Yeah. Um, which I haven't verified, but that's, uh, that's the, the level of accuracy which he claims to have.
1: Well, I remember you telling me that you told me this stuff years yeah. ago.
0: Yeah, about two years ago I and told And
1: I couldn't story. remember. Like, it was just completely... It wasn't like, you know, I vaguely remember you telling me that about, about some guy that can travel in his mind to the moon. It was like there was nothing in my head about this, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that the Aaron that you told... Is in a different fractal, and that's not me. Or they, um, people were able to get into the morphic field and remove this knowledge, which was able to remove it from my higher mind, which I should oh, have remembered.
0: I think the the yeah the normal explanation is we were drinking beer. That's, that's that, that that could do a it. A simpler explanation. That that would do it too.
1: Yeah. But it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But uh, just in line, we're talking about the uh, extrasensory perceptions or yeah. abilities to, exactly. to mind travel mm. um, it, just, it just occurred to me the, uh, David Wilcock talks a lot about this, this sort of remote viewing and he, he's even done you know, classes on, on helping sem- getting seminars together and teaching people how to do it mm. uh, I was a little while ago he, uh, he's got a video where he presents this similar sort of thing like how do people uh, how do people know, you know the, the truth about mm. about stuff and how does how do uh, how does the I guess the media or these companies you know put these instill these seeds of ideas in people's in people's minds?
0: Mm. And you he, mean like predictive programming when the the media will will talk about something in a work of fiction before it happens? Is, is that the kind of exactly
1: thing? like that? Okay. And and, and the, what what he shows is a, like a comic book, mm. like a, like a, you can imagine like a, a like a Marvel series comic, and it, and it shows it, it's got these there's a video on YouTube, I'm sure you can find it, and he shows the moon, um, and s- characteristics of the moon in regard to, like, these superheroes of what, what it's about. And it's like putting these ideas of alien ships on the dark side of the moon. Um, you can see all these alien ships coming out of, like, the like the, the black side of the moon. Mm. And then, you know, it's got, like, a US rocket ship on this side that's heading to the moon. Right. And it's like <laughs> it's a comic book, so, it's, you know, it's all crap. Yeah. But... It's like, these are the ideas of well, of, like the, of the 50s. Mm. So it's like, you know, we're trying to instill the ideas of, of being, you know, the concept of going to the moon. Well, that's, that's normal, you know what I mean? Mm. For kids in the 50s, mm. so that they would continue believing that we went to the moon. Mm. Because as a kid, they saw the comic book, yeah, you know, the USA, we're going to the moon. Mm. And then as an adult, they've always believed that we went to the moon because of, the, the, like the lunar landing. Mm. So it was like instilling those ideas in the minds of all ages. And as you yeah. grow up, you continue to believe the narrative. Uh, but there was more to it. It showed a picture of Mars and like this big head on Mars. And, there was, and it, it, it says, uh, you know, we need to be careful of the energy coming out of Jupiter and how it's getting funneled through Mars. And, you know, oh no, we need to save the world. You know, and th- this is the front page of this comic book. Mm. And I was like, how did they know? about energy coming out of, you know, out of the, the cube, out of the North Pole of Jupiter, mm-hmm. um, and the big head that's exerting energy out of Mars in the 50s, when now all this stuff's all conspiracy theory.
0: Well, well that could be just because people uh, read those comic books and then they talked about those ideas and people mistook them as fact and now they're like... Now it's, it's like a thing. Yeah. So... Like the idea gets lost...
1: So we can look at it from two two points of view. As in, they were able to fabricate these ideas back then and have people enjoy them as children, grow up, and then start questioning them again in the future, and then look back and go, yeah, but how do they know about this stuff? Because Mm. when it's all crap now anyway. Mm. Or it could have been, or we can say that it's all real now anyway, and they're trying to suppress the idea that people knew back then. Because... Uh, well, looking at it from another point of view, David Wilcock also talks about, or he mentions and says that he is the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, which was also someone that had uh, extraordinary abilities and has been deemed, you know, the, the modern day prophet of our, of our era, even though it was like, I think he was born in like 18, you know, the late 1800s and, and he lived to like 1940 something. Right, but um, he, he's, he's well. Got, he's got many books where he talks about prophecies and, and what's coming, and, and okay. could do all these sort of. He was a healer as well.
0: Have you read Edgar Cayce or just David Wilcock?
1: Um, only only the the first half of the the book, uh, Synchronicity the, the Synchronicity Key okay. by by David Wilcock, because I find sometimes the way he he presents his ideas a little bit overbearing, but I like right. to entertain the concepts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So another thing about the, um, like we we mentioned, we were talking about Interstellar a few weeks ago, and how they t- they slip in the idea that the um, mission to Mars, uh, sorry, the mission to the Moon, uh, was actually staged. And uh, we said, well, is is this an example of predictive programming? Like, is it getting people used to the idea that the, the mission to the Moon was actually staged?
1: I I loved it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, and more so when you think about the ramifications of, of what that was, because now you've got an era of people that, although they feel very patriotic and, you know, our nation, we made it to the moon, and they take credit for it, mm. but they could also, now they can take credit for something else, We were we outsmarted the Russians, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 we didn't go to the moon, but we were so smart, <laughs> And they take they accept
0: that as, <laughs> as the new the, the new narrative the new story. Yeah. for Well, uh, that's what it you know. was always about. It was always about outsmarting the Russians, whether they made it there or not.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they and they even go to 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 explain the reason why they did it, and was to uh, to bankrupt Russia, hmm. which they which I'm sure, in some at some level, the US is still very proud about on an individual basis, <laughs> <laughs> because th- those Russians are if bad guys.
0: <laughs> Yeah, but I mean the USSR was gonna collapse anyway. That's um that's a whole other economic story. But the face on Mars, um yeah, the face on Mars is an interesting case. Um because yeah, you you look at I mean some of those pictures, um they're very very small and grainy. They've actually got a dot which is like a representative it's it's not actually part of the photo. It's it's something that's overlaid later. And it happens to be in the place of his nostril, or the the this this structure where the nostril would be. Um, uh, So it makes it look more like more than a face than it is. Um, But then you look at other pictures, and even though it doesn't particularly look that much like a face, it has a high degree of symmetry. And I've I've read some papers which suggest that like the the likelihood of this level of symmetry is like one one in the billions yeah Um, so even if it doesn't look like a face it's still a question and a a lot of people were trying to dismiss it and say well this is just uh like this it's just uh it looks like a face because you're trying to see faces like even when you look at a sink you see a face um but it's that's not anything to do with that the real question is why is it so symmetrical Well, yeah, even if it was natural, Mm. uh, weather produced,
1: then you'd think, you know, the wind and the water flow, I mean, Mm -hmm. the water flow. Mm -hmm. How much water is there on Mars? There's rivers on Mars, and it's not exactly all red.
0: They they just took a few pictures of that side. Right. Well, some people say that they manipulate the photos, uh, like they tint them them, uh, to look like they're red, uh, when it's actually, if you looked at a picture of Mars with without any adjustments, it pretty much looks like Earth. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, and I've
1: even seen some of the pictures where they try and take some of the tint away. Yeah. And it, it they use like a normal... the
0: like the US flag on the side of the the um, the robot as um, as a reference. And really, that's, that's a good good way of
1: doing it. Yeah. And, and what? It, and it came back like a.
0: Yeah, it looks like you're in the desert.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that sort of. That, thing. That's what you'd expect. Hmm. But um, just to, just before we finish up, um, I wanted to touch on the the, the werewolf idea. Okay. Because um, I mentioned that even with a full moon, I feel like uh, I'm you know I've had a few drinks and I'm getting my glow, and uh, <laughs> I'm out for a big night. But um, I mean, everyone for knows. A punch everyone on. Everyone knows you feel a little bit more. Uh, aggressive on a, on a full moon when you're out. I mean, that, that's just that's something that's pretty well known. I think most police and ambulance or hospitals are expecting hmm. more activity with these these things. Hmm. But I wanted to take it down the path. I, I noticed an interesting coincidence uh, with the, the, the black sun idea. And the, and, uh, the most common symbol for the, the black sun is actually a, is quite a big is mistaken symbol. The, uh, the swastika. Okay, okay. Is, is a traditional picture of the the black
0: sun and okay, but what um it, it's just it's specifically of the black sun, not the sun in general yeah, no the black sun okay, and but it's, this, i mean the swastika is an ancient symbol it's used in just about every, every culture in the world, even in England, they called it the fill-foot, which means fill Phil, fill foot like so at the bottom of paintings and pictures, they would draw little swastikas. Um, to to fill in the space for some reason, <laughs> It seems like a good. I mean, <laughs> good pattern put in there. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, no, I, the reason why, well, I came across it because yeah. uh, my interest in the, this invisible sun, hmm. but um, the coincidence was the um, that the swat sticker hmm. is not only is it the the the, the image of the black sun, right. but like it's it's the image that the, the, the Nazis adopted as their like their, their picture. Yeah, and uh, I mean the head of the Nazis being being Hitler and his his movement, in the in the final stages of uh, of the, the Second World War, he actually named the the covert ops that were that were going undercover to to take the last stand his werewolf. he's these were the the werewolves of his <laughs> of his crew. Okay. And the code name for his his secret hideout, his HQ, was the werewolf. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean that that could be something completely different. But uh, yeah, I think he knew. I think he knew about the, the sun's energy and the way the moon played a, a role in the, the energy dance. And uh, but yeah, you're right. The, the the image itself was used by, by many different religions. It was like yeah, uh, just, Hinduism, Buddhism, yeah. and even uh, Jainism. They all used it. It was their sacred symbol mm. for like um, for like the energy, like the yeah. energy source. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, the, the word swastika hmm. is, uh, in Sanskrit means lucky. Right, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, he wasn't so lucky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, some say he was. There, there's been a rumour for many years that he escaped to Argentina, and I think there's recently been some evidence which indicate that might be true.
1: What, uh, Hitler escaped? Yeah, to along, Argentina? along
0: with Himmler and, and Goebbels and a few other you know, fine, distinguished gentlemen.
1: I thought he took a uh, mercury-filled submarine to the South Pole, <laughs> where he was able to find an entrance to the Hollow Earth.
0: <laughs> the, That's a, that sounds like a good theory. It was, I mean, it's just... A story.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I, well, stories are all based on something. So, I, I mean, I know the... I think the English were down there sinking his submarines, trying to find the one that was full of the, the mercury that he needed for his anti-gravity engines. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah, you know, just cool. stuff I come across. All
0: right. <laughs> well, you, you said you were gonna, uh, you were gonna say what, may, uh, what humankind's uh, crowning achievement is. Ah, uh, cool. When, yes. Uh, that's other than right. standing on the moon, what would you say it is?
1: Okay. Uh, considering what 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 humans do, I think our greatest achievement is. Uh, Democracy. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now, actually, the, what came to ID first was, was Machu Picchu. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I think if humans built that, I mean, 40-ton blocks with precision that you can't even fit a, a piece of paper between these blocks at those altitudes, it's impossible to do. You can't do mm. it now. So mm. uh, I think that was like some kind of magic flying school because, <laughs> I mean, all those steps are put in post like those tracks weren't there when the original city was built. So I think that was human greatest achievement.
0: Hmm. If humans did it. That's, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, well, I would say that, uh, that humans' greatest achievement is actually a, a civilization, but, and by that I mean a, a steady progression towards non-violence. So uh, humans are actually significantly less violent. There are less less murders per capita compared to like 500 years ago. Uh, you know, a, a couple of thousand years ago, people would just solve their problems with, uh, with the sword, with a knife, with you know, cut, cut off people's hands, uh, an eye for an eye, that sort of thing. But it, steadily, slowly, over time, it's getting better and better. And I, I think that's great.
1: You can blame the full moon for that. <laughs> <laughs> One every month. I mean, people... <laughs>
0: You want revenge? The full revenge. moon is helping us out, or, no? The full moon is working
1: against us. I, I think the full moon's making men more animal, <laughs> just because it's like a divine energy, and it makes women more ladylike.
0: Well, he, he becomes a beast, removes the pain of being a man. It's a perfect ending note. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, I'm Kurt Robinson.
1: Uh, my name's Aaron Battle.
0: Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble.
1: At Battle Easy.
0: And, uh, press like, press comment, press subscribe on YouTube and iTunes and yeah, have a good one. Peace. Peace.
2: क्या परफेक्ट है? क्या मान गया